Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. This week, we're going to talk some game news and then our 2020 year in review. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., Alan K. for their contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. The Side Quest this week will be a list of superlatives of our 2020 year in review. So be sure to sign up for the Patreon. Again, as little as a dollar a month will get you access to that ahead of time. Uh, the side quests show up in our off weeks in the f- normal feed, but if you are part of the Patreon, you get access to them the next day from our normal episode. Um, as always, we do appreciate feedback. We do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Don't be like that asshole in our chat right now. That's a fucking spam bot. Uh, but you could subscribe to our Twitch Uh using your Amazon Prime account and you get it's basically free. Amazon gives you a free subscription every month. You got to re up every month on your own, which is stupid. But uh yeah, be sure to uh check that out if you can. Uh but yeah, anyways, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. Um so, the Horror Movie Yearbook Boys have an episode out right now about 1995's Godzilla versus Destroya which uh, is quite a good one. I listened to that yesterday. And they will have a bonus episode available to patrons now and to non-patrons this week on their 2021 Most Anticipated Movies. They did it bracket style this year, so give that a listen. And then they also had their second episode of uh, Multimedium is now out about Resident Evil. Uh, And it is not the translation of Resident Evil into the movie Resident Evil. It is the, uh, it is the about the novelization of the video game of Resident Evil, which they talk about some interesting points on that and how basically the author was contacted to make this novelization and then given literally nothing but the game to go off of. So give that a listen and hear some differences between the video game Resident Evil and the novelization Resident Evil uh, on the multimedia feed right now. Do it. Do it. Yes. Brian, what have you been playing? A lot of stuff because I had a lot of time off. Um, well, for one, I, I was trying to play some games that came out in 2020 that I didn't get to, you know, before we do our little wrap up. Uh, I played Ghost Runner a tiny bit. I don't know if I can ever get into that game. I don't, I'm shocked at how much I don't enjoy it. Like I thought it would be my cup of tea entirely. And it's, I don't know. There's something about it that like, I don't like the gameplay loop. (laughs) So didn't play that much of that. It's too fast paced for you. It has nothing to do with that. I think it has everything to do with that. It has to do with the most used mechanic in the game of, like, slowing down time and avoiding people shooting at you. I hate it. It doesn't feel right to me. But maybe I'll get used to it. I've tried going back to it a few times. I've only finished one level. That's how bad I am at it. <laughs> um, tried to play Crusader Kings 3 because, again, I feel like I would like that game. But I just don't understand what's going on. And there's just so much stuff to read. 
Like Alex, I don't think you could play the game. It's, there's too much reading. <laughs> it is on my uh, on a game I wish I'd played list, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. There's there's a reason why I've had a mental block in trying to play that game. <laughs> it's because I know it would require learning lots of systems and doing a lot of reading. So yeah, I mean, like I feel like the. Uh, the interface for it is pretty well thought out, but it's still just too overwhelming for me. It kind of in like a way, like when you first start playing civilization and you're like, uh, yeah. Oh, I missed all this stuff I was supposed to be doing. Is that why my civilization is crumbling? And yeah. And I was just like, why is my little mini kingdom broke and everybody's mad at me? And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Because I was forgot your, one of the mechanics. Was your king not, I, not inbred enough or something? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's why of, I'm playing the game. I want to inbreed everyone and <laughs> you wanna, cause all you sorts min, of havoc. You want to min-max the inbreeding? <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, it's, it's, it's weird because it's like real time, but it feels slower than a turn-based game. Because I had to wait like five fucking years or something to finish one scheme, and I couldn't start another scheme at the same time. And I was like, well, I thought the whole point is to scheme and, you know, manipulate people. Um, There's been so many stories that I've listened to, particularly on the Waypoint podcast of them playing Crusader Kings, that I think a lot of it is just seeing how things eventually fall apart in that game. (laughs) Like, it's literally like, hey, this person uh, murdered my all of my heirs and then me because I spurned them, their, their family a hundred years ago or like things like that. So I think, I think some of it is watching the wheels fly off, but I have to assume, you know, there's also a way to be at least somewhat successful in carrying out your line of royalty. So uh, I want to be successful, but I want to be the person that's doing all the murdering and scheming, but it's, it's just, it's really you have to really play the long game there's a lot of people out there doing the murdering and scheming so (laughs) yeah that too um yeah basically all i managed to accomplish in about an hour and a half is i sort of had a bishop in my pocket and that was about it like i had some dirt on him i was like that's cool (laughs) i'm gonna play something else now (laughs) i might go back to it yeah um I revisited a game I bought in early access like years ago, but it technically was released as, you know, 1.0 last year. Um, Besiege. I don't know if you guys ever picked that one up from Steam. It's like a... It's a battle simulator, You basically... No, you, you build uh, like siege devices and it gives you... It's, it's a puzzle game, a physics puzzle game. You build yeah, siege devices. Watching. Yeah, like out of blocks like Legos basically. And uh, you have to accomplish a certain thing to beat the level, like kill 70% of the soldiers or something. Yeah. Um, And it's a lot of fun. I played that longer than I played Crusader Kings or (laughs) Ghost Runner combined. Like I was playing for like hours straight. Uh, I think you guys would probably enjoy that. It's just really funny and it's just super easy to get into, but like there's some depth to it. Like you can build flying machines, you can build, 
all kinds of weird stuff. Like there's a lot of different weapons you can strap on your siege device. Uh, I had a weird one where I basically just had propellers on one end and like a bunch of long poles <laughs> like sticking in the ground on the other end. So basically I would fire up the propellers and I'd have like, but right next to the propellers, I would have these uh, like bombs strapped to it. And once the propellers fired up, it just kind of like careened upward and just catapulted the bombs onto people. <laughs> It was very, uh, it's difficult to explain. It's very like, Incredible it was an oddball machine-ish. solution to the, the puzzle at hand, but it worked well for what I needed it for. So I was like, okay. And you can yeah. save your devices and, and, and share them, uh, like the plans for them, the blueprints. Yeah. Very unorthodox <laughs> ways of solving puzzles. It's pretty fun. I saw some of the wild machines they were making on Giant Bomb when they were playing one day, and it looked pretty ridiculous. So that I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's cheap. It's it's easy to like either play for you know twenty minutes or play for hours. I finished one of the whole like islands worth of puzzles, but there's like multiple islands. Mm-hmm. Um, another. I think that's it for games like from 2020 that I played. Uh, but I played a couple other games. Um, speaking of unorthodox puzzle solving, I played Human Fall Flat. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. Nope. Just from it's, you. It's on Game Pass now, and it's another physics puzzler kind of game, but you can play with up to seven other people. You can even play locally. Um, I don't know how many people you can play on the same system, though. But uh, it's just ridiculous. Like, you're this really floppy human, basically. And the only things you can do are, like, jump, walk, and control your arms, like, individually, basically. Okay. And you can you can play dead. That's it. That's, and you, you have to solve puzzles just with those tools and physics, of course. Uh, so it's, like, a lot of using your right arm to do something completely opposite of your left arm, like in the, with the weird control scheme it has, like I, I was using the controller for it and the right and left triggers would control the uh, respective hands, like as far as what you're holding. And you can also like grab onto the, the people that you're playing with and like throw them around and stuff or try Sounds- to climb up on top of them. And it's really funny and fun. And Sounds I would like to of, play with more than just one other person like I did. Sounds a lot like Gang Beasts, actually, but obviously different from, like, it's not like a fighting game, really. But Gang Beast controls in a very similar way. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Hmm. No, I haven't. There's a lot of interesting, like, machinery and stuff that you have to interact with, too. Like, there was a power plant level I worked on, and you had to, like load up coal into a furnace in order to get a machine going. And like, there was another one that dealt with connecting wires for electricity and stuff. The, the worst one I played, which was still like really creative, but it it just didn't make a lot of sense. Sometimes some of the time is it just involved taking a series of boats, but like trying to control boats, with like your limited control scheme is just infuriating. <laughs> uh, like trying to row, I was trying to row a boat and, and like trying to do that 
by like moving the analog sticks while using the the uh, triggers to hold things down is just ridiculous. And uh, it's also part of the fun, though. Anyways, uh, played golf with your friends as well. That's also free on Game Pass now. That would be a lot of fun for a bunch of us to play, but playing like 1v1 in a mini golf game is terrible. <laughs> because like once somebody gets really far ahead, it's just over. I don't want to play yeah. like mini golf. I want like a full golf sim. Like I want well, like, we have to just play GTA golf. That's the best multiplayer well, I golf. I have you GTA can play. on my PC. I don't know why we don't play well, GTA golf. I I have it on PC. I'll I play. also bought Red Dead 2 on on PC. So I didn't buy that yet. We can maybe we can, go, probably, we can go play virtual like, hold'em. <laughs> you probably can't load up GTA in the time it takes to actually play when you know in the amount of time that you have to play because I'm sure with even these fancy SSDs we have, it probably still takes three decades to get into the online game. That's true. Another game I purchased through sale that I played a bit of was Metro Exodus, which looks really nice, but I don't really enjoy it that much. I feel like I've been playing like an intro to the game for like three hours. And the shooting mechanics are just a little bit off in my opinion, but I don't know. Like that game could grow on me for sure. I'm just, I thought it was an open world Metro game and so far there's nothing open world about it. I'm waiting yeah. for it to open up because I, I actually get, want it to be an open world game. I didn't get the indication that it was an open world game at all from from trailers and things like that. But oh, really? I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't. I mean, I've never been that big into the Metro games, but when when we saw videos and, and trailers and things of like that, it just seemed like another like here's a uh, first person uh, adventure game that. You know, like a straightforward first-person shooter. If I recall but, correctly, I don't know. Um, what was the last one? Not ex- uh, Last Light? Exodus. Last Light. Yeah, so Last Light, when I played that, felt very, like, rail shooter for a couple aspects, because you were, like, in a minecart, like, mm. fending mm. off, like, the, the mutated rats and things. And I was like, God, I hope the whole game isn't like this. And I, just, I got done with that rail cart segment, and I was like, I don't want to play this. <laughs> i tried to play 2033 the first one uh a while back when i was more fallout addicted because i remember hearing like oh this is pretty fallout but it's pretty different because your your ammo is your currency and your better ammo is obviously worth more than your shitty ammo and stuff like that but i think i played like the first 15 minutes and i was like i don't want to do this to myself yeah so i didn't do it but i don't know I I feel like that's one that I could try again at some point in the future. So, but yeah, I don't know. Like you'll have to let us know if you get to a point in Exodus that opens up. But I yeah, know. we'll see. Because if it becomes open I, world, then Alex is in. I <laughs> no, also not in. <laughs> finally, not in. I finally picked up uh, Disco Elysium, but I've decided to not really play that until they do the uh, final cut. The final cut. Yeah. Yep. But I, I figured I'd buy it on sale because you get the Final Cut shit for free when it comes yep. out. So, yeah. Cool. I think that's about it. Right on. Alex, what about you? Um, So I've been playing a lot more Hades. I think it will come up later in our conversations, but I did want to say uh, <laughs> 33 runs in, I finally got my first clear of the game. 
Uh, it was very satisfying. Um, and it's just great. It's a great game. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it more. Yeah, I agree. Um, that is actually what I played the most of. Mm-hmm. I just failed to mention it because I assume we're going to talk about it more later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, the Pathless is, uh, I think it's another Annapurna game that was at PAX that I wanted to play, but they didn't give me an appointment because I didn't have an actual media badge. Yeah, that's the one where um, you uh, shoot the arrows to like move quickly or whatever, right? Yeah, it's it's like a it's a third person adventure game, very Breath of the Wild kind of aesthetic. Um, but yeah, you're shooting these gems in the sky, and as you shoot gems, you can hold down a trigger to kind of run faster. So you keep more momentum as you're shooting these gems. And as you're doing that, you're kind of navigating through the world and solving different puzzles to, like, unlock these different towers using these emblems that you gain from doing other other puzzles. Um, it seems like a lot of fun, but the problem is I'm playing it on Apple TV because it's free with Apple. Free with Apple Arcade. It's included in Apple Arcade, um, but it it's very very choppy on apple arcade and so i'd much rather give it a try on like a ps5 because i know it's out for ps5 um but i you know it's a little bit it's just on the border of unplayable for me on on the apple tv so you know i'm hoping apple if they're gonna be releasing games like this on apple arcade that they put out a more powerful apple tv sometime soon um the Last Campfire is also on Apple Arcade, but it's also on like every other uh, console at this point. It is a game by the makers of... It's by Hello Games, makers of No Man's Sky. Uh, hmm. But it's like a little adventure puzzle game where you're playing as an ember that's trying to get his way to the last campfire. But on his way, he's discovering these other embers that have like given up and basically died in place. And as he walks up to them, he can he can do these little puzzles to bring their ember back to them and kind of revitalize them. Um, and so you're kind of helping other embers that have lost their way. But it's very much like a, it's kind of isometric view ish. Not really. It's like a like a uh, what do they call it? Like a two thirds view or something. But um, you do puzzles and things like that and you're manipulating blocks and you're carrying things to certain places. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. And if you have Apple arcade, it's included. That one runs a lot better than the pathless does. Mm. Um, you've, uh, sparked my interest. Yep. Yes, I have. (laughs) Um, I beat cyberpunk 2077. I assume we're going to talk about it some more. Uh, I didn't really like the ending that I got. And I might go back and try to get different endings uh, in in the near future. But uh, that's that's all I'll say in the what I've been playing at this point. Right on. Um, uh, I guess one more thing. You mentioned Annapurna games. Yeah. I forgot that we played Due Process as well. That's the next thing that I was going to bring up is Due Process. Okay. Um, which is a game that we saw at PAX. It is kind of like Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, where you have attackers and defenders, first-person shooter. And the big thing here is that there's like a pre-planning phase where you can all look at a map and kind of decide how you want to attack the situation. Right now, the only mode in the game is like a bomb defusal mode. Um, But it's 5v5. You get three rounds as an attacker and three rounds as a defender. And uh, it takes four rounds to win the game or the match. And um, 
but the the big thing is is in your attack rounds you share a pool of resources that will deplete as the rounds move on and then you move on to your defense rounds and you have a different pool of resources that depletes as the rounds go on so you only have so many magazines and you only have so many guns and you only have so many grenades and things like that um and it was tough like i don't think we we did we win any rounds Mm -mm. yeah so we didn't win any round we were playing with a five stack we probably played through like three full matches uh and we didn't win any rounds um but we were playing against people that had like 500 rounds under their 500 matches under their belt for some reason somehow um, but it is an early access. They're going to be bringing more maps and modes and things to the game. And I think it would be fun to kind of keep trying at it, but I, it, it was, it was tough. It's certainly a different beast than rainbow six in a lot of ways. It might um, still be on sale. It is. Yeah, it was on, it's the weekend sale for steam. So if you're watching us live, you can still get it for like 1250, I think, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't end up getting not, it yet. So I, I need to, I need to pick it up. It it's definitely I think it's promising. Like I wish the the shooting felt a little better. But yeah, it's like, it's not going for like realistic graphics or anything like that. No. But like the 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 shooting, uh, like I mean it is for twelve fifty, like that's I mean come on, it's a good price for it. No, and it, it's it it's like good. it's an indie team, you know, and yeah. and but the thing is, is that like the. Uh, like it's kind of, it was it was hard to really get kills but it is it feels like it's playing by Tom Clancy rules like i think if you get a headshot somebody dies you know it's yeah. not it's not like a it's not like a low like a slow time to kill sort of game so right. i i definitely like the planning thing and i'm just i'm just really hoping that like when the next rainbow 6 game comes out if it ever comes out that they actually bring back a planning phase like they used to have yeah. Um, no, it's fun because you get this map to view and you can draw on the map and kind of, uh, if you're a defender, you can move your character around and things like that. But the, um, like as if you draw things on the map itself, then it shows up in the actual map of the game as you start moving your character around in that world. So it's kind of cool. You can kind of like draw a path for yourself or for your team on how you like want to make notes on like how that. you're invading a particular space can the other yeah. can the other team see those dicks. notes or no no they have their own notes that they gotcha. look at as well no that's that's uh, so a cool like, that's a really cool implementation for sure yeah you can like mark which door is the one that you want to breach and things like that so that's sweet it's it's interesting i'd like to play some more of it john you'd um, really like just drawing dicks on the map though i would seriously. draw penises everywhere <laughs> Uh, and then finally, we all played for the first time last night Among Us. Um, and I'll just jump in real quick. That's the only thing I've played in literally two and a half weeks. <laughs> well, you can you can talk about it then, because I don't, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what um, I have to say about it. No, so it Among Us, everybody I think listening probably knows what that game is. Uh, it's it's a it's like a search and destroy kind of mechanic where you have to figure out who is the imposter in the group of up to 10 players that you're playing with. And you, you like you as a team perform tasks to try and win, uh, as if the team completes their, all of their tasks, then they win the round. If you eject the imposters from the ship, you also win the round. Um, it, it's, I had a lot of fun actually. It's, it's funny cause Megan, um, Megan played with us last night and she, mm-hmm. 
she has a bunch of students that are obsessed with Among Us, and so she's been trying to like implement Among Us in the classroom a little bit to like get <laughs> yeah. the kids, keep them engaged and everything. And she's been watching. I swear to God, every day when I come home from work, she's on YouTube watching these videos of random people just playing Among Us, and they're like, she's just laughing her ass off at all the things that they're saying and doing, and like lying to each other and all of that. Like she just loves it, and so she finally got to play it. Because she didn't even want to play it. She just wanted to watch me play it with you guys. But then, Mm -hmm. like, when I told her, I was like, you can download it on your phone for free and you can play with us. And then you get the experience, too. And uh, she really enjoyed it. I think she had a lot of fun. I think she would do it again. She did a lot better than she thought she would, according to her. Um, I I mean, (laughs) it's when I was playing as one of the imposters, I was trying to figure out, like, it's hard to play on the touch screen with the phone and everything. But uh, yeah. I, I kept I hit the wrong button. I was trying to kill her character, but I ended up <laughs> hopping into the vent system instead and she watched me do it and then obviously like every she was like, Well, John jumped into the vent. Uh can can everybody do that? And everyone's like, No, that means he's the imposter, you know. So uh, <laughs> But that's actually, when you needed to be like, No, actually Megan was the one who vented in front of me. Yeah, the, it, no, you gotta I, turn honestly, it around. Like, I was having a really hard time staying awake because it was so late <laughs> at night for me and uh I was like ready to cash out at that point, but I still had a really good time doing it. It would be a lot of fun to to live stream that with like a full group of our friends and do it because I think everybody we played with last night was like really funny about how they were playing and what they were doing and saying. So <laughs> it was super yeah. enjoyable. I can see why that game gets the uh, the accolades that it does. It, it's uh, it's a it's a lot of fun for a group and especially if you have a lot of friends. Like if you have close friends that like you you know you you guys know each other's quirks and things and how you talk and and different mannerisms of speech. I could see or how that you don't talk or how you don't. Yeah, it, it, it would be really intriguing <laughs> to watch a, a really tight knit group of people play that game and how they finesse each other into like sussing out the imposters like that's it would it would. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun to keep playing that on live stream for people. But um, yeah, that's I, Brian, I played 10 minutes of cyberpunk today while I was at the shop embroidering something, too. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah, luckily, uh, luckily I have GeForce now hooked up on the computer over there, so I just like I don't have to install anything; it runs perfectly fine. Like whatever, it it, it nice. was cool. So there you go. Yeah, Brian's a little butt hurt because I managed to call him out in one of our games because you know we were we, this was probably like the fifth or sixth game that we played last night, and he's just completely silent. Whereas the first four four games, he was just like, I don't know how to do any of these fucking tasks and. Just like where where do I even go for this and where's this on the map and blah 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 and then this one game he's just I hate entirely work. silent and I was like Brian's got to be one of them because he hasn't said a fucking word so far <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was just getting late you know but it wasn't because you were an imposter and I called it right but you know I'm that just mad that go. everyone just jumped on board right away like that <laughs> you could have easily been the imposter what a bunch of sheep the logic followed too well it's, it just made too much you sense. know. It's just, uh, it's an easy to learn, probably difficult to master. I don't know if you're a really good liar, like I'm sure you're probably going to be good at it, but the fact that it's available, like I was playing on an Android phone, Megan was Mm -hmm. playing on her Apple phone. We had headphones plugged in, connected to discord so we could all communicate. And I mean, it just, yeah. And you guys were all on computers and like the one guy we were playing with, uh, I think it was, 
was it Tom? It wasn't Tom, was it? Tom was saying, yeah, it was Tom. He was saying he wanted to play on his Switch, but didn't want to pay for the N- Nintendo Online or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, we could have all played from various systems, and that's awesome. Like, it's cool to see, even though it's a really simple game, to see a multiplayer game work across various platforms and work flawlessly is really cool. For sure. And, it like, that's the thing, is that it reminds me of when I was in high school and I would play Mafia with friends or... um or yeah uh, uh where, like werewolf. werewolf yeah it's the it's the exact same s- s- style of game just kind of incorporated into a video game framework and so like it's all about somebody died who did it and why and Clue? just kind of yeah yeah and so just kind of figuring out the dynamics within the group and who how people are working together and why people are ending up dead i think it's it, it was fun and i feel like if i was in high school i'd probably be playing it nonstop. But uh, you know it; it's a little bit light. Um, but I think it'd be it's it's fun when it's with a group of people that you know. So yeah, it's it's disappointing. It doesn't use ray tracing, though. I mean, let's be honest. I I, I definitely understand. Like, I think it it's been out for a couple of years. It's been out since twenty eighteen. It started on Android in twenty eighteen. Gotcha. So I understand like why it gained so much traction all of a sudden. Well, it gained a lot um, of traction because it was released on Switch, and like everybody bought Switches this year. Like, I mean, I just figured it was because everyone was trapped in their house and they wanted something to do with their friends, but well, that could be everybody a bought good switches this year. Like, <laughs> I sold mine. <laughs> well, somebody bought it from you. I know that's why I sold it. It was a good deal for me. No, but here's the thing: it didn't. It didn't come out for Switch until December fifteenth. Oh, really? I thought it was earlier. Yeah. yeah. No. So, like, it 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 managed to blow up just organically two years after release so much so that like they were making a sequel and they decided to stop development on the sequel and just put it into the first game because they're, well, yeah, and they're then, like, and then you see it gain all these accolades at the game awards, you know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's one of those and, weird cases. And there, it's what, it's a four person team. Yeah. It's pretty, it's a small development. It's, team. it's four, four people, indie development team called inner sloth, which is a really cool, like, game like name for your company like and the logo sweet because it was like a, it's a dude flexing with like a tiny sloth inside of his body like i don't know it, i just i, <laughs> I, I dug that. that i thought it was a sweet logo but uh yeah it's like it's just crazy man like how much and they're selling it for like five bucks on pc and get it for free on mobile but like it's on game pass how too. many people paid to get that game and how much money do they just make doing that? Like those, I'm I'm sure they quit their jobs to just keep working on this game now. Or I hope I hope it's well, that successful for them. And there's also like microtransactions for like cosmetic stuff as well. Yeah. So like that's also getting them some revenue, which is fine. Like I think you can buy little pets that follow you around on the oh, ship. Oh, I I'd pay for that stuff like that. Yeah, so. you're gonna pay for a goat to follow you on the ship. <laughs> I got I got the game for free, so I'd totally buy a goat. There you go. But yeah, yep. Cool. All right, right, let's let's hit some news real quick. Game news. Hit Um, it. One of the things that I wanted to touch on, we've got some week six. I'm sorry for people watching the stream because I just cannot manage to get this together. Week six sales numbers for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S versus versus the Switch. Uh, The PS5 is winning very handily (laughs) at like 4.2 million sales worldwide. Um, yeah, 4.192. The Switch, about six weeks into its release, was at 2.5, and the Xbox Series X and S are at 2.2 million. 
uh, there's a graph that I'm showing on the screen right now. Sony's pulling out ahead in a very big way, which is crazy considering the fact that they like literally like not both the Xboxes and the Playstations, they can't keep them in stock. And somehow Sony's managing to manufacture so many more of them. But like um, how many ended up in actual households and how many were just snatched up by bots and are sitting in somebody's living room, like not being used? Maybe, but I can't imagine that it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't think you get a million consoles sold. Like, it can't be like 60% of these are just sitting on people's living rooms, sitting on eBay or whatever. It's just like, crazy I, I to just me to think that people that are paying twice cost to get one. Like, I, give me a break, man. Like, M- Yeah, more than that. Like, I think the I think the disc PS5 is still selling for like up to twelve or $1,300 on eBay. It's insane. Um, so, what a great deal. Yeah, so it's, I mean, hey, I'm glad sales numbers are good. I'm glad that both systems are selling out, um, And but it's just nuts to me that Sony pulled so far ahead. Even the Switch, like it took, I think they said in the article here, it took um, 19 weeks for the Switch to reach the current PS5 sales. So, and the Switch was like an unadulterated success at the time. Yeah. So, uh, glad that games are still doing well, consoles are still doing all right, and, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they get more stock out there so that people can stop scalping and anybody who wants one can get one for a reasonable price. Yeah. I mean, game development was challenging last year and obviously, uh, hardware production, but I think Mm -hmm. gaming overall did very well. We should, we should make some, uh, political style shirts that say stop the scalp. Instead of stop the steal, you know? Sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, awesome news. Um, it turns out, so Outriders was one of the bigger third-party next-gen games that was planning to be released on, uh, I think, in February or something like that. But uh, they have delayed the game. Instead, they're going to put a demo out on February 25th that everybody can check out. Uh, this is a class-based game, John. I know you watched. Yeah, the I've been stuff watching a lot of trailers about better. Outriders because it, like, at first when I first saw it, I was like, "Damn it, not another like fire team-based shooter game." But then I was actually watching some of the gameplay. Like they went into like class details and like how like support classes work with like DPS classes and yada yada and all like just the meshing of the classes, the class system mm-hmm. is really cool. Um. The animation is incredible. Like the graphics look in, like unbelievable. So I'm I'm actually a little bit excited about this. It, it looked to me something like Gears of War Division mixed with Destiny, like that sort of thing. Like it it definitely like has the fire team thing going on, but the I don't know the the myth the the lore of it looks way more interesting than the average fire team based game. So. But yeah, I, I I dig it. I'm excited to play the demo for sure. Yeah. So uh, it's coming. The, we got the demo on the 25th. Hopefully that's something the three of us can play together. It looks like they're going to have the first few hours of the game with all four classes that are in the game, both single player and co-op. Uh, cool. And your, your uh, progress will migrate to the full game as well, which is cool. Uh, the full game is now going to get released on April 1st. Um, so they're taking a little bit more time to polish it, but it would be fun. I don't know if there's any cross play or not. Um, we'll have to see if that's the case, but, uh, it would be cool for us to check it out and play. We should Uh, stream it if that's, 
Yeah, absolutely. I assume that's allowed if it's a demo. So yeah, yeah. Ho- so. Hopefully, there's no like NDA or anything like that. I'm sure they would want people to be talking about it anyway. Absolutely. So, um, all right. And the only other news story that I had pulled up was one that I put in the the mix. Uh, a lost Game Boy add-on was found after 28 years. It's called the Work Boy, and basically, <laughs> it is a keyboard that you would plug into your Game Boy to use it like a Palm Pilot. Uh, I love this type of shit. It's my favorite to know about these like weird um, accessories and things that, that didn't quite make it out, but there were apparently like 12 apps that you could use on it. Certain things that had, it's like a, an address book and a calculator, that type of thing. And um, the dude who runs, did you know gaming uh, YouTube series and, and a Twitter account, his name's Liam Robin Robertson found out about this accessory through some of the Nintendo leaks that have been going on and apparently got in touch with this third-party uh, company called Fabtech that was actually working on it in close collaboration with Nintendo, and he managed to get one and then also had to find a... I think... What, what did the IGN story here say? The you couldn't just plug it into the the Game Boy and use it. You needed a specific cartridge that they didn't really have access to, but I think they managed to find a ROM dump of it somewhere. Um, that that was what came out of the Nintendo leak earlier this year. So he was able to burn the ROM to a cartridge and then plug everything in and use it uh, as it was originally intended. And apparently, like. It didn't end up getting released because it was going to be about 80 to $90, and they didn't really think that that was a feasible price for uh, such a an accessory for the Game Boy at the time. So, uh, I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. I think it's really cool, this type of like vaporware hardware stuff that you're like, you never know if it's true, if it was real or whatever, but this is really, really cool. So, yeah, the work boy. Work boy. Are you going to try and get one? <laughs> There's only two. That's the problem. Yeah, are you going to try There's and one get in one? The vault? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't think I'd be able to. The two. So there was the one, uh, Eddie Gill was the dude, the architect of the work boy. He had one of them, and apparently Nintendo has one sitting in a vault somewhere. And that's it. Oh, I should, that's all they I should mention, I just found my Game Boy Color in the basement. <laughs> nice. And I, I just I found got, Final Fantasy Legend 3, and like, uh, there's a bunch of Game Boy Advance games that I don't even remember buying, but I have them, and I don't know where my SP is, but I know I have a Game Boy SP somewhere. Um, you should let me know what games you have, because that would be good, but I I think, I one, I think the Castlevania our, one is yours, actually, the SP. I have a Castlevania game oh, maybe. of some sort. But I thought I had mine, but I'll check. Anyway, uh, I just got our original, our OG Game Boy from Dad. Hell yeah! Uh, not too long ago, so to add I, to the I museum. It up and yeah, I can add it to the Morell family uh, console museum that I have in my basement. Basically, hey, me, you but, know um, they nice. have that. There's that video game museum in Texas. Maybe we could start one up in Michigan. Maybe that's our calling, man. That'd be, That'd great. be fun. I would love to do that kind of thing. Um, that's our. That's our nonprofit. Spend that my time. Tracking down the the uh, the GameCube controller that has a keyboard in it that came out for Fantasy Star Online too and that type of thing and just have rare video game relics on display that would be awesome. But uh, yeah, that's all I had for news. I don't know if you guys had anything else. No, I got nothing. Nope. Let's talk about right. let's talk about our uh, top five of twenty twenty. 
Yeah, um, I did want to say I put the call out in the Discord just beforehand so we can get to a few listener favorites here real quick. Uh, Jason Kimmel said, I don't have anything that springs to mind except the big ones, really. Cyberpunk, The Last of Us Part 2, Animal Crossing, which my wife still plays daily and I just live watching her play and tell me how all the villagers are doing during quarantine while we don't get to talk to people in real life, and Resident Evil 3. I think my unexpected smaller title of the year was Streets of Rage 4, which I thought really captured the feel of the originals with all sorts of winking nods and was also modernized in ways that made it super fun. Thanks, Jason, for writing in. Bruce said, I think the only 2020 game I've played so far is Doom Eternal, but I don't consider it top anything. And then he also said later, Among Us. Technically, it's a 2018 game, so eh. Um, uh... Tim wrote in, uh, hosts, network host Tim said the Divine Beast sections of Hyrule Warriors. Uh, he's been playing the um, Age of Calamity Hyrule Warriors game that just came out. The one that's set in the same time as Breath of the Wild, or before Breath of the Wild. Uh, and then he also played Carrion. He liked that a lot as well. And finally, network host Nick said Squadrons. Star Wars Squadrons, super simple to pick up, difficult to master, very scalable in how complex or simple you want it to play. Each ship feels unique, and your teammates' loadout and strategies actually matter. You can brute force a victory or communicate and work together for a smooth victory that feels awesome. The graphics look great, attention to detail and the design is fantastic, and the sound design is unreal. It's a breath of fresh air and an absolute steal of a price if you're a Star Wars fan. So, thank you everybody yes, for thank you. writing in. But, uh, yeah. All right. Let's start with uh, number five. Uh, My number five was Cyberpunk. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but... I'm surprised. Surprised. It's that far down. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, so here's the thing. I can't, in good faith, give anything a super high ranking if I haven't finished it. Mm. So I have not finished Cyberpunk, but I really like it. And I want to keep playing it, so it's going to be on my list. Because out of all the other games I played this year, uh, a lot of them were pretty forgettable. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons, like, give me a break, man. Oh, Did you guys try Haven? Yeah. Haven was stupid. Good job. Was fun for a minute, but I only played it for like a minute. So, I don't, Godfall is not good. <laughs> <laughs> this just makes me very curious to see what your next four are. <laughs> so. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, the next two I have also not finished, but that's okay. I've played them a good amount to where I feel comfortable ranking them. But anyways, my number five, Cyberpunk, uh, I, I, I still love the game, and I can't wait to see what it becomes. I, this is me being very hopeful that maybe 2021 most redeemed game is Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know. I'm not sure what to expect from this game moving forward. I know like they've been squashing rumors about things that were left out of the game and you know things that were altered to like, you know, continue to be part of it and what they're planning on doing for the future. So a lot of it's up in the air, but I have a lot of hope that CD Project Red is going to is going to do good by the fan base and make Cyberpunk 2077 a fucking badass game. Still has not returned to the PlayStation Network by the way, as of the airing of this episode. so I don't think it will until they put out the first major patch for there's it. Been, yeah, there's been several patches put out, but yeah, I, I would did, assume... Did 1.07 drop it. yet or no? 
I'm not sure. I haven't been keeping up on it, but all I know is that it's not yet for sale. Gladish in the chat says, not even the devs finished Cyberpunk. <laughs> He's not wrong. Zing. Oh, man. Um, anyways, right, Brian. yeah, Brian, what's your number five? First off, I want to uh, preface this whole thing with, like, I don't, I felt pretty lukewarm on, like, all games this year, I I would say. <laughs> like, <laughs> But um, it was hard to come up with a list because I felt like, like usually I can pick five games of the year that I was excited about every aspect of them easily. And I, it's hard to like, like trim the list down. And for this list, I feel like I'm stretching myself. Like, hmm. all right. But that, that and being this, said, it's crazy to think because this year, a lot of games came out and a good portion of them were pretty solid or like triple A, like big games. To be honest, though, I feel like the games that I would have finished and enjoyed the most were exclusive to PlayStation, so <laughs> that didn't help because I sold my PlayStation a little too early. Yeah, in fact, um, four of the five on my list are exclusive to PlayStation systems, so... <laughs> there you go. Anyways, um, I actually... This, it's, this is... Uh, I mean, it's questionable whether it's even a game. I put Microsoft Flight Simulator as top five, number five spot, because it's just like an experience that I've had that's like no other. Um, once I finally got it to work after rebuilding my computer like twice. I was going to say, it would have been number one if it didn't force you to completely rebuild your computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it still crashes the desktop, I'm sure. But uh, one of the reasons why I'm kind of lukewarm on it in a way, but I just feel like it in the in the year of 2020, I can still put it in in top five because it's just like it's incredible, like what you can do, what you can experience flying in that game, learning how to fly, um, what you can see how realistic everything seems at least on the surface and uh yeah i don't know i just think it's pretty cool cool alex all right i'll preface my list by saying um i did play the outer wilds and return of the Oberdin this year but those were released in 2019 they probably would have made it on my list although last year's list was really stacked so if i could they'd be uh, they'd be six and seven on this year's list, but uh, my number five is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, in the end, like I, I think I enjoyed the game. I wish it had been a little bit more impactful on me. Um, I liked the story enough, but it wasn't like anything incredible in my opinion. Um, but I did really enjoy the tight combat. I loved the visuals. I'm sure it looks even more incredible on PS5. And I wish I had gotten around to playing any of the multiplayer, because I've actually heard some pretty good things about the multiplayer in the game. Um, but uh, it's just a very solid open-world game, um, and you don't get too bogged down with other activities unless they're things that you want to do. And in this case, I mean, I got 100% in that game. I finished everything in it, so... I think they did a good job of not overwhelming you with things to do and also kind of designing a game that was a little bit more naturalistic in how it guided you from certain points. You weren't looking at big highlighted paths on the ground. You were just following the wind, and I think that's a really 
awesome artistic choice and kind of says a lot about how much consideration they put into how this game should do the things that you would normally do in an open world game, but set in, you know, feudal Japan rather than modern day. So Ghost of Tsushima is my number five. Right on. Cool. Uh, my number four is Watch Dogs Legion. Um, a game I wanted to play more of for sure, but what I did play, I really enjoyed um yeah I, I i mean i don't that's it's hard it's hard to talk about because I, again i haven't played a ton of it but um i do really like it i i didn't have any issues with it a lot of people said it was buggy for them but i honestly had no problems playing it uh on my super powered pc <laughs> uh <laughs> with ray tracing with ray tracing <laughs> turned on everything was to the max <laughs> yeah, no, it, it watchdogs. I, I mean, I've always been a fan of the series, and I feel like I always kind of go. I, I have the same experience where I play a lot of it when it first drops, and then something else comes out, or something else happens, or something gets in the way of me continuing it. Um, my number three is the reason why I stopped playing it. So, but yeah, uh, watchdogs is number four. All right, Bryce. Nice. Number four, Star Wars Squadrons. More flying, but unrealistic flying that feels realistic in a Star Wars universe sense, though. Like, they really nailed the way those ships feel. And uh, I don't know. I just, I was blown away at the quality for, like Nick said, like, it's it's such a great deal. It's like $40, so it feels like you really get your money's worth. Um, and it's been on sale for like 20, like yeah. every week since release too. So yeah, I got it on sale for, I think like 30 or something. I um, just bought it for $13. Wow. <laughs> Epic sale. But that, you know, I paid $30 in origin access to play it the first time around, but, gotcha. uh, so I, but yeah, $13 quite the steal. Yeah, that that's something I would really love to play with you guys. I mean, it's just going to end up point. on Game Pass at some point. <laughs> that's true. That's um, true. But it, it it like I just got to play more with Nick and Gojo, and um, I fly it as one of the support classes this time rather than trying to be an X Wing like flew. everybody wants to be. Flew, flied, I flied. Fl- I'm an engineer. I'm not a writer. Um, but anyway, uh. Playing as a support class kind of showed me so much more fun because it's so great just flying around and shooting ammo refills at people and not really having to worry about the enemies. Yeah, and honestly, I was getting, I was ending up like in the middle of the pack or second on the team with the amount of points I was getting by supporting people rather than actually shooting people down. I mean, if you do a good Um, job, you know, like you're only helping the team. Like, yep, you're just playing it how you used to play Rainbow Six, basically. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it, I found kind of the fun that I wanted to have with that, and I'd be excited to play some more of it. I know Nick and Gojo are, are way into it, so we can certainly play some. Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of fell off of it pretty quick, but I wasn't really like bored of it. It's just I think something else came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm been itching to get back to it, and I'm I definitely need to like. I feel like I need to reacclimate myself for several hours before I can play with anybody because it'd just be too embarrassing. Like <laughs> it was, it was really trial by fire when I picked it up because I was playing with the flight stick, so Nick and Gojo couldn't even help me with like what controls yeah. were. <laughs> it, but I, I figured it out eventually and got things going, and it was, it was fun. Yeah, but. I mean, I can't imagine playing Microsoft Flight Simulator without a flight stick, but. Uh, I didn't feel like it did me any favors with uh, 
squadrons for some reason, but I might try it again. I actually like the, it was easier to wrap my brain around the mapping for the uh, buttons Mm -hmm. on the Xbox controller. Yeah. And that makes sense. I I was doing okay with it, but then I tried to switch to controller halfway through and I, it was abysmal. Like it was not good. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I still need to set up the VR and play it that way. Oh, yeah. I do feel like it would be a real benefit to be able to kind of look around and see where people are in relation to, to me, uh, follow them that way rather than just trying to follow the indicators on the outside of the screen. So we'll have to play some more of that. Right now. Yeah. Cool. Is it me again? My number no, four. You. Yeah, you go. My number four is a game called Spider-Man Miles Morales. That's lower um, on your list than I would have expected it to be, but I'm sure the next three are splunky. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Uh, nothing else on my list but Spelunky 2. <laughs> um, no, it's a really good game, and it's more Spider-Man. My biggest complaint with it is that I wish they would give a little bit more time to Miles and his story rather than the amount of time that they did. It feels a little bit rushed compared to the the 22-ish hours we get to spend with Peter Parker in that universe, and I think uh, there were times in the, in the game where I felt that rush and was kind of dissatisfied with with at least kind of the development of some of the characters and things like that, but um, still top notch. Uh, I think they did a great job of kind of improving on the Spider-Man, the original, the first Spider-Man PS4 game, with some of the new mechanics and keeping it kind of fresh and even just like the attention to detail with how Peter and Miles fight completely differently. Uh, I think they did a great job with it, and I'm excited to see whatever the third game in that series ends up becoming um, fingers crossed for like co-op Spider-Man action. Cause I think that would be super awesome. But um, yeah, Spider-Man miles Morales is my number four. Cool. Uh, my number three is demon souls. Um, this, I like, I, again, like I, re- I remember specifically saying I wasn't interested in this and I wasn't interested in the PS five, but then all of a sudden I was, <laughs> and I'm really happy I pulled the trigger on the PS5 because Demon Souls is fantastic. It is literally the only reason to buy a PlayStation 5 right now because everything else is out on the PS4. It is the only console exclusive game like or or generationally console exclusive game that you can play right now. And yeah. it's fantastic. It is so well done and props to Blue Point for what they did graphically and and everything like they've just they, what a what a gem it's great uh i have not finished it so again i can't give it the number one spot but it is fantastic i love it and i want to play more and i just need more time but i have no time and i have no energy this is all you get out of me <laughs> Crying cool. number three um doom eternal uh, that i had to debate about that Cause I definitely had my qualms with it, but ultimately like I was addicted to it. I burned through it real quick. I still think about it. It was still like a pretty solid experience. Looks great. Plays great. Minus a few weird enemy choices and stuff like that. And some questionable platforming, but, uh, it was just pretty awesome balls to the wall action game i mean it was intense like i didn't i never thought a doom game would challenge me that much because i've always been pretty solid at doom games and that one was tough uh but yeah 
Sweet. Alex, number three? My number three is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Okay. Uh, that game transports me back to 1997, and it's <laughs> very, very weird, and it kind of just fills me with those feelings that I felt when witnessing Final Fantasy VII for the first time and seeing it in a whole new graphical engine and, you know, even the stuff that they did to make it play differently where you're playing it more as an action rpg as a normal rpg ultimately really ended up working for me i liked swapping between the characters i liked how different each of them felt and kind of what advantages they all had and just kind of the rhythm of that battle system i feel like felt really good to me by the time i had dialed it in in the game um but it's that whole game is just like a wash of nostalgia for me seeing those characters hearing the music even like the updated versions of the music um i think was great and i think the places that they took the story make me really intrigued to see what they do with the next couple entries and whether or not they're kind of pulling a head fake with what they're trying to do or what exactly they want to do with this remake it feels like they have paid very particular attention to the fact that they know that they are remaking a game that people love very much and um and it feels like they want to do something differently with it with some of the choices that they made so i'm excited for more final fantasy 7 remake and the first one uh is a very good game and uh it's my number three sweet uh, my number two is ghost of tsushima uh i beat this game and i really enjoyed it i thought it was, it was probably I, a lot of it a lot of me a lot of a lot of the time that I had to play this was me sitting with the baby because <laughs> this was my <laughs> this was my post postpartum uh, baby game, and uh, I played a lot of this while sitting on the couch with her, like kind of tucked in my arm, asleep, and uh, just playing the hell out of this game, just trucking through it. And uh, some of the late nights where I'd wake up and I have to feed the baby in the middle of the night, and I'm sitting there like playing this, like you know, <laughs> like or just keeping Megan company while she's up late feeding the baby or whatever. Like I played a lot of ghost of Tsushima because it, I, it, the story's great. I think it's extremely well acted, well-written. Uh, music is awesome. Gameplay is great. I really like the flow of the fighting system is fantastic. Um, I, I really just, this, it's an awesome game and it's, it's my number two. And the only reason it's number two instead of number one, is because my number one game is way more unique. So, that is all. Hmm. All right. Now we have to wonder what it is. We'll get there. <laughs> um, I must say Ghost of Tsushima is one of my top two games that I'm uh, most regretful for missing out on in 2020. The other one would be The Last of Us 2. Uh, seriously, like if you're hurting for stuff to play, I will give you my PlayStation 4 right now because it's I'm, just collecting dust in the basement. But I'm not hurting for stuff to play, okay. but I, I am like really sad I didn't experience either of those games. But yeah, that being said, uh, my number two is Cyberpunk 2077. I thought it would be my number one game of the year. I thought that for years. That it would, whenever it came out in 2077, it would be, you know, the top game of 2077, but it didn't quite make it. Um, that makes me a little sad, but still, like, I feel like, I don't feel like the complaints about the game are baseless, but I feel like 
people went a little overboard. There's a lot of fun to be had still. I didn't encounter like serious ground or like game breaking bugs. Like some people did other than like once game never crashed. There were a lot of little things like that felt unfinished, but I mean, overall I still had a pretty good experience. I played it for uh, probably like 55 hours. Um, I'm going to go back to it. I just decided to put it down after playing through the story once. And, uh, yeah, I'll go back to it when they fix some stuff just to see and add some stuff just to see what it's like. And if it's honestly any better or not, um, I'm assuming they're going to have expansions like, Oh yeah. Other than just like the other random things that they're adding or things that they're cleaning up. Like hopefully they, they add more to the narrative. So, yeah, honestly, one of the best experiences I had of 2020 was finally playing through one of the two Witcher uh, Witcher expansions, and um, that makes me really excited for whatever they might add to Cyberpunk, because that Witcher expansion story was just as good, if not better, as like some of the main storytelling in that game, and it was long. It was probably like 20 or 30 hours of gameplay. Sweet. Yep. Cool. I mean, spoilers for a lot of, I guess, the rest of my list and some superlatives, but Cyber- Cyberpunk is not my one or two, and it's also not listed as infuriating or biggest letdown or anything like that. In the end, um, I wish that game... Like, I feel like the games that I have on my list here are ultimately games that are more than the sum of their parts. And for me, Cyberpunk mechanically doesn't feel like much new and then from a narrative standpoint didn't really like feel anything beyond just a story about some of these characters and in the end with the ending that i got i felt like it wasn't that particularly special and i think that might be the fault of my ending but also like even though i love the characters in that game some of the characters in that game it ultimately just didn't feel like it was something that was beyond you know kind of what i expected out of it like my expectations were kind of met with what i wanted out of cyberpunk and they weren't particularly high they weren't low either but it's not um you know i'm curious to see what they do in the future and i'm curious to see what some of the other endings are like and maybe i'll find something that lands a little bit better but i feel like the cyberpunk milieu and the 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 tabletop game all said a lot about kind of technology at the time and our fears about where it would go and what would happen. And while I feel like some of that is set dressing for the game, I don't really feel like they pushed it very hard to kind of be like, you know, I don't think the story coalesced into like this cautionary tale about technology that I was expecting out of the game, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm glad that people liked it and, and I hope that more people become satisfied with the final product when it's available. Uh, my number two is Demon Souls. Hmm. Uh, it's very, very good. I also have not finished Demon Souls. I really, really, really want to go back. I'm kind of afraid to pick it up now because I feel like I've lost any amount of skill that I had. Yeah, it's definitely the, not quite like riding a bike. <laughs> no, but the good news is, is that I was playing as a magic user, so it's debatable that I actually gained any skill in the first place because I was just spamming magic at people. You just got the training wheels on, man. Yeah. Uh, 
It's great. And yeah, it was available on PlayStation 3. I have gone back and played some on PlayStation 3 now that I've played PlayStation 5 as well. Um, it feels like a whole new game with how smooth it is. The load times are just incredible. Like this, I feel like this PlayStation 5 might as well be my number two because I feel like Demon's Souls is, like John said, basically the only game that embodies what this new generation could be. And um, it makes me very excited for what we're what we're going to have in the future. Absolutely, because it's um, it's just like what like this this is a launch game, and it looks like this, and it feels like this. Like what what do they have up their sleeve for later? Because like I yeah, I just I'm I'm just like totally enthralled with figuring out what what do we get later, and what do we get in two years? For sure, what what game's going to come out in two years that's that we're going to feel this way about? Absolutely. I no, know. I it's 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 going to be mind blowing. What is that next God of War going to be like? Like any of this it's just, you know, e- even the New Horizon, like anything that could be coming. Supposedly there's a Metal Gear Solid remake that Blue Point is also working on, which oh, sounds man. amazing and that'll probably be my game of the generation well, it, all time. Jason but. Schreier, I think it was Jason on Triple Click was like they did their predictions episode, their 2021 mm-hmm. predictions. And he's predicting, I think it was him, it could have been Kirk, one of them is predicting that Sony's going to buy Bluepoint. They should, because Bluepoint's been turning out some great stuff for them. Between the Shadow of the Colossus remake yeah. and Demon Souls, and apparently maybe Metal Gear Solid, uh, you know, Bluepoint's doing amazing stuff, and Demon Soul, this Demon Souls remake is no exception. It's just incredible. So I, I, That's definitely uh, top of the heap for me whenever I actually do get a PlayStation 5, and probably the only reason I would want one right now is for that game. But yeah, I I can wait. (laughs) I still have (laughs) other games to play. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great game. And you know, maybe it'll be in the PlayStation collection by the time that you pick it, pick up a PS5 or whatever, who knows. But, um, it's, it's also just great to play a very fluid 60 frames per second souls game on a console in 2020 like yeah you could have played dark souls on pc but even that port had some issues and and things like that but it's just it's it's really nice to to play a high quality souls game on these new consoles and it was a great way i think sony made a great choice making sure they had it out for launch for this so Mm -hmm. cool what's your number one john all right my number one do you have any guesses Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> Brian? <laughs> feel like... Um, no, I don't actually. Sludge Life. Oh my wow. gosh. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys completely forgot about Sludge Life, didn't you? I did, yeah. You got I, I you, you know, know you know what it I is? Because you don't live the sludge life, man. <laughs> you gotta live that I shit. I thought about it this morning and I was like, Oh, that needed to be on my list of games that I've That's played. That's my number one, man. Know. And I'll tell you why, because I didn't know what to expect and then you guys made me sit down and play it at PAX and I was like, This is awesome. And then uh it came out and it was free. It's still free on the Epic Store. <laughs> yeah. And it's just such a goofy game and it's so simple and just the graphics are awful, but that's okay because it, it's part of the charm of the game. Um the characters in it are hilarious. The music is fucking awesome. It's got the probably one of the best soundtracks. The cyberpunk soundtrack is really fucking good too. But like Sludge Life, the entire soundtrack was done by Dose One, and like, mm-hmm. holy shit, man! 
listen to that listen to that on a system like with a subwoofer and like just just become part of the sludge life man (laughs) seep into the sludge yeah we should have a a best of uh or a best soundtrack uh superlative we should yeah i mean it'd be for me it'd be a tie between sludge life and and cyberpunk but uh yeah, what a what a cool, unique game. For those who don't know, it's a first person like exploration game where you're basically on a series of like oil platforms in the middle of an endless ocean and you gotta hop from platform to platform and you put your graffiti sign up on all kinds of different areas where it allows you to do that and you there's a bunch of collectibles and things and there's three different endings. I only got one of those endings. Um I'm always meant to go back and play more of it, but I literally I think I beat that game. No, I was playing Rainbow Six the night the baby was born. Uh, I think it was the week before the baby was born. I stayed up and like yeah. I downloaded that game and beat it in one night. It was maybe three or four hours of me running around the platforms and just it's just so goofy and weird and fun and unique. Um, and I like it again. It's free on PC. I think everybody should play it. Just as a for sure. Just do it because it's funny and listen to the soundtrack because the soundtrack's sweet. You can stream yeah, it on every streaming platform, and then go buy a T-shirt with the cheeseburger on it. Yeah, the and I have website. I have a T-shirt with the cheeseburger company's like mascot on it too that I bought at PAX. That I'm really I'm happy I bought that shirt. Uh, it's also a really nice quality T-shirt too. It's a next level suede cotton shirt. That's a great T-shirt for those who don't know. Um, There's a few games that have been released and will be released that will always like embody packs for me. And I think Sludge Life is one of those ones where it's just kind of like this reminds me of being on that floor and seeing those games. Well, in a world before the coronavirus existed. Yeah, not realizing the world was going (laughs) to shut down in like a few days. Playing Sludge Life on like a fucking eight foot by eight foot screen. (laughs) (laughs) From like three feet away, too. You're literally like like your your neck is crooked and everything, and like you're, you're starting to strain your eyes and every like it was like what an experience they, like they were like yeah we miscalculated our booth size we thought we were gonna have a couch like a couple more feet away <laughs> <laughs> but it was perfect oh it was it great was it was great and and it just uh yeah like that game is something again everybody should play it it's free it's on it's free on the epic store i think until like the year 2029 or something like that like <laughs> no i think it, i think it's april of this year or something i don't know like everybody that, should play it though because it's fantastic I, um i played i played a bit of it i should go back and finish it it's yeah, it's I a quick it's a quick it. win i mean depending on which ending you get i suppose i feel like i I don't know if mine was like the more complicated one or not, but I essentially had to climb like to the penthouse of the guy who like owns the platforms and then steal his rocket ship was like the ending. That I, I that's got. the one I I got that one too, but yeah, I think there's other ones as well. There's one that has to do with the big like warhead that's in yeah, the city. Yeah, you blow up the islands or whatever the platforms. Yeah. Like there's all there's like three or four different endings, but it's it's great. Everybody should play it. Check it out. Sludge Life. Download the soundtrack. Bump that shit in your car. Become part of the sludge. Join join the sludge. Yes. Live the sludge life. Cool. Brian, what's your number one? A game that also has a really good soundtrack, honestly. Hades. Not what I expected to be my number one. Picked it up um, pretty late, I think December. Uh, but since I've gotten it, I haven't stopped playing for more than like a day. And uh, yeah, I always play it. It's It's just so much fun. I love the how the story slowly unfolds as you 
rerun through Hades because you suck. I suck. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> um, and uh, just all the cool unlockables, like the different weapons you can get, the different aspects of the weapons, the different abilities, the the randomized boons that affect your weapons and abilities. Um, it's funny. Like I laugh out loud, like every time I do a run and I hear there's at least a couple lines of dialogue every time that make me laugh. Um, and, uh, I can't wait to actually see the conclusion of the story, which I never thought I would say about a roguelike. I never thought I'd say a roguelike would be my number one game for the year because <laughs> I really don't like that genre for the most part. But, uh, yeah, it's just a solid game. And that's the most fun I had all year. And I have zero complaints about the game. The only game on this list. Right on. My number one is also Hades. Um, really? Like Last of Us 2 didn't like make it on your list? No. That's surprising. I, I figured Last of Us 2 would be like number five on your list or something, but it wasn't. And I swapped it out for Ghost of Tsushima because while Last of Us 2, I think, is very good, the story for me didn't do anything, and that's kind of what those games are more about for me. Right. Gotcha. Um, okay. Hades is just, it's everything Brian said. The dynamics in that game with how different every single run you do can be depending on what weapon you use and what boons you happen to get and what modifiers there are, you know, because you took one of the chaos boons or like any of that stuff. It just feels so fresh and exciting every time you go through a run in that game. Um, and it's just, it's crazy to me. Like I really love a game like Spelunky where it's a roguelike and you move through that world and, you know, but every single time you die, it fully resets to the beginning of the game. And while there are things that are different, you're never really like accruing anything beyond knowledge that makes you play the game better. But with a game like Hades, which is more like a rogue legacy to me, you can also get these kind of incremental boosts to like different skills and things like that, that kind of make it a little bit easier as you go on. But then you're also accruing that knowledge of like, here's how I can deal with these different types of enemies or these two boons play well together or anything like that. It's just such a full dynamic world of things that come to play and the way that like the layouts change and what your rewards are changes and, and just the, the enemies that you run across and like, it's it's mind blowing to me, especially coming from super giant. Like bastion is great. And transistor is really cool. I never played pyre. Um, I think there's another one that I might be missing, but the fact that those like five to six hour experiences have borne this like roguelike that changes so much as you play it is mind blowing to me. Like they're, they're punching so far above their weight with this game that it's like, it's a travesty to me that this didn't win game of the year at the game awards, because I honestly think of those six games that were on that list, you know, including animal crossing and doom eternal final fantasy seven remake. Um, the last of us Two, Hades is heads and shoulders above all of those games in every single respect. And, and I think everybody should give it a try. Not on Switch and PC. There is cross-save between the two. 
Um, but it's just, it's fantastic, you know? And, and I, I will say I did get a clear, I didn't necessarily beat the game. It's kind of well known out there that in order to see the end of the story content, I think you need to clear like 10 times or something like that. But um, it's just crazy because, like, I bought this game back when it came out on Switch several months ago, and not only until, like, this pat like, over the holiday break, I felt this momentum of, like, getting a little bit further each day and getting better with the weapons that I'm deciding to use and, like, finding all of these, just, like, really clicking with all of the systems over time and feeling that all coalesce as you play the last, you know few runs where you start actually beating the final boss it just there's nothing else like it and and so i you know hades is incredible and i think everybody needs to check it out and uh and i think there's a lot to enjoy there and i think the story is fantastic like you don't normally come to a roguelike for a story the story in this game is great and the way that they kind of dole it out with every time that you encounter certain people or you talk to certain people and you get a little bit more filled out in their backlog and their like um, the like codex that you have and all that stuff. I think it just works fantastically. And so Hades is my number one. Right on. Cool. Hell yeah. So safe to say that Hades is the uh, the Midwest Gamers game of the year, right? If you want to do two thirds majority, then yeah. <laughs> I mean, didn't we do that last I, year or no? Well, it it kind of ends up coming down to that sometimes. I think, uh, and I like I you know I feel strongly that Hades is game of the, my game of the year for sure. But like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm sure had I actually played it, which I do own it, I'm sure had I played it, it probably would have rated pretty high on my list based off of what you guys are saying. And I mean, if I it's, agree. If it's, uh, what's that other fucking game that I can't think of now? Uh, the side-scroller roguelike. Dead Cells? Dead Cells. If it's anything like it's Dead Cells. It's better than Dead Cells. It's better than Dead Cells. So then it, it would have probably ended up being my number one. Yeah, and, and like, I think you really would have liked it. And, and so I hope I hope you find some time to play it soon. Absolutely. Uh, with, well, I did you know, just the, uh, the, charge the Switch for the first time in f- uh, four months. So maybe I'll buy it on Switch just to, so I have it available there and I don't have to like climb upstairs to play it. Well, yeah, I, w- I will say it plays great on Switch up until you get to some of the levels that have more enemies going on or like if you're super stacked with boons so that whenever you throw a punch with the fist, there's like four different effects that go off, that type of thing. <laughs> um, it starts chugging a little bit, but it's still very playable. Yeah. Um, and and it, it looks beautiful on both of them. So Sweet. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. I I feel as though if there was a world where both of you had cyberpunk, you know, higher, like John, if you had it higher on your list, I I feel like if you wanted cyberpunk to be the game of the year, then it would be the game of the year. But I I think for a lot of reasons, it's not really. I mean, there. I don't even um, like had I had I actually finished it, I still don't think it would be my number one. Um, it maybe would have ranked a little higher. Like it would have probably pushed Demon Souls out of the third spot, but. Yeah. Um. It it's it's just not. I don't know. Like I I think I'm I'm always the type of of gamer that lets the what do I want to say the the community kind of like sways my perception a bit and like I'm not like I'm not pissed off and hating on it like everybody is but like it kind of detracts from me wanting to play it as much. But mm-hmm. I still think it's great and I still I do want to play it more. 
but it's it's just like I, I don't know like it's it's also it's very easy for me to step away from everything gaming having to deal with all of my real life stuff so it's yeah. it's hard to like find the time and the energy right now for me personally but that's fair um yeah i just i, I yeah i i will hopefully play hades in the near future and maybe that will be my 2020 game of 21 you know like yeah that sort of thing. I'm sure it'll rank pretty high. I don't even know what the hell's coming out in the next year because I feel like the whole world's so <laughs> fucked up. Like, there's no way to even. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows yeah. what it's going to be? But, um, um, real quick, do we want to go through the games that we wish we had played as like our disclaimer, disclaimer games? Yeah, that's I think fine. That's one that should that should stay with our. Yeah, Hades is my number one game. I wish I played. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft Flight Sim's on that list too. Uh, and grounded is another one I wish I would have given more time to, or actually tried, even though it's like early access and you guys didn't really care for it necessarily. But uh, and then Neo two, like I wish I would have given Neo two a shot because I really liked Neo. Mm. I feel like I put a lot of time into Neo, and I never finished it. Again, part of like the my tragic hero, my tragic hero flaw is that I don't finish games. Um, but Neo two is a game like I wish I would have put some that- time into. That came out in 2020. It did. It did. I didn't it was really it. early on. And it it's got, not on it PC, some, is it? I I don't know, but it did get some th- really good. Uh, it got some pretty good praise, and a lot of people really like the character creator. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Neo 2 is out on PC now, or at least it will be coming soon in like a full collection with both games. So, any other uh, wish you played, John? That's it. Just those four. Uh, I've also got Neo 2 was at the top of my list. Uh, there's a indie game called umurangi generation which is a photography based game uh that actually sounds similar in ways to uh sludge life that i'm excited to check out okay so uh i i own it i just haven't played it yet um paper mario the origami king i heard a lot of good things about wish i had gotten around to that um phasmophobia is the like ghost Ah. hunters game that i wish we had been able to play together uh, at some point, and I, hopefully we the the craze will stick around. We can try that too. What I you say, Brian? I am one hundred percent down on playing that game. I think it'd be fun. Um, uh, Crusader Kings three, as Brian had already discussed. Um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh, Ori and the Blind Forest hasn't really sunk its teeth into me, but I think if I really like sat down and played it, I would really like it. And so I'm sad that I haven't done that and gotten around to playing the sequel, which came out this year. Um, Exit the Gungeon came out on Apple Arcade, which is a side-scroller from Devolver, the makers of Enter the Gungeon, which I might like. Uh, Panzer Dragoon got a remake this year, and I wanted to play that, and I never got around to it. I've heard it's gotten better since its release because they did patch some stuff in. Um moon remix rpg adventure not really a 2020 game it's a re-release of a of an rpg that came out on ps1 that i've heard a lot of interesting stuff about and i would like to play at some point rogue legacy 2 came out in early access this year i did buy it i haven't played it i'm kind of waiting for a 1.0 on that one uh ghost runner i didn't really check out at all um the dark pictures anthology little hope i purchased i haven't played yet that's from the until dawn uh guys super massive um so i'd like to try that out at some point soon and i have two more 
Immortals Phoenix Rising is a an open world game that came out by Ubisoft because everything that came out this year came out by Ubisoft at the end of the year. Right. <laughs> um, I heard really good things about it. Would like to try that out. And one game that I really, really, really wish that I had played in 2020 was Tunic. It's not out yet, but I wish I was playing it this year. <laughs> so, right. uh, quick note: Neo Two comes out for PC February fifth. It is okay. not out yet, so All that's right. something I can look forward to this year. Yeah, so it'll end up on our twenty twenty one list. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I may not get it right away because I have Sekiro to play still a lot of it, and then it'll scratch a similar itch. Um. Wow, that's a really long list. <laughs> uh, my, for me, my list or just yours? off. Hmm? My list or yours? Your list of oh, yeah. games you wish you had played. I guess for me, it's uh, mostly Ghost of Tsushima and and uh, Last of Us 2 and Demon Souls. But um, I'm sure there's others, but those are like the main ones. And I'll just leave it at that. Makes sense got a lot to play when you get a ps5 yep i don't remember if i did i say did i finish the last of us i don't know yeah you did the first one yep yeah i'm pretty sure you did i think i i think i did that was fun (laughs) very memorable experience i man my memory sucks (laughs) it's so bad and it's just getting worse uh anyways it happens uh, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGamers.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K., Tom Z., Chris K., and Alan K. for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon, again, for as little as $1, is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. We're going to record the side quests after we're done with this episode. And uh, early access means you get it the next day after our our, uh, initial like weekly episode drops, biweekly episode drops. And then we will post the side quests in our normal feed uh, the following off week. So if you don't join the Patreon, you still get to listen to the content, but you just get early access if you are on the Patreon. Um, This week's side quest is going to be the list of superlatives that we've written for games, uh, our game 2020 year in review. So look forward to that. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can use your free Twitch subs- the free Twitch Prime subscription to uh, sign up for a sub on our Twitch channel, and we get a little bit of money for that, which is cool. And it doesn't cost you anything if you already have Amazon Prime and you're already paying for it. You might as well throw us a couple bucks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> beyond that, I don't know what the next episode's going to be. Um, I don't know if you guys have any uh, ideas. Might be a good time to do most anticipated. Ah, yes. I also got some uh, a suggestion from uh, from Nick as well that I can read to you guys. But uh, okay, we'll we'll figure it out. Sounds good. Well, anyways, everybody in the chat and on Twitch, thanks for joining. We appreciate you all, uh, and everybody listening to this uh, episode. We love you very much, and uh, yeah, stay safe, get your vaccines, and. Uh, We'll see you next time. Peace.